0: Now, there are a lot of great, talented African artists, you know, even in Web3. But then the opportunities given by these platforms, the same was that they they give opportunities to different people from their side, but those same opportunities, those same platforms, those same, um, I would say, level of uh, exposure is just not given to the artists here. So it is a very, like, big problem that I feel like is, you know, adjacent to institutional where it's like it's something that is being done almost not even intentionally interestingly enough you know you are listening to one more question a podcast
1: by the people of nice work one of the things we often catch ourselves saying is can we ask you one more question this podcast is all about sharing the best conversations we have had with significant builders, experts, and communicators. The people we encounter and work with as we go about helping you build brands people care about. Season four is based on our exploration of Web3, NFTs, and all things Metaverse. We're seeing an explosion of creativity and brands popping up all over this new space. Yet the rules seem to be different and experimentation is not only expected, but welcome. Follow our conversations with the designers, the builders, and the visionaries shaping Web3 and the metaverse. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on the podcast, I talk to Anthony Azuqa. Anthony is a contemporary artist and author based in Lagos, Nigeria. His work focuses on African folklore and mythology. He uses diverse mediums such as digital and traditional painting and sculpting to explore transformation and change in his country. He replicates traditional techniques through digital mediums, producing physical, corporeal manifestations of his work. Anthony is currently exploring sculpting, which allows him to celebrate elements of the Nigerian identity and showcase his home to the world. He's currently focusing on Anthony Azuko Studios, his company, which uses art, literature, and technology to bring natural storytelling to African and international audiences. We talk about why there's a lack of African art in Web3, and how the opportunity to disintermediate the platforms exists, but is not fully realized. He shares how he thinks about the interplay between physical objects and digital art. And finally, he shares his take on how Web3 will evolve. Enjoy. Anthony,
0: thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been Calm. a long time man. organizing, but I'm glad we finally made it. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I feel like it's, it's this whole thing about how things are today, where it's like, you can spend so long just organizing, going back and forth. But, you know, I'm happy we finally got the time. Mm. I'd like to start. I mean, you were, you were talking about your
1: upcoming exhibition, but I'd like to just kick the whole episode off. Can you talk about like how you got into sort of creating digital art and art on the blockchain? Because I think, you know, you're one of the most prolific African artists. So I'm super interested to understand how you got into to this.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like with, um, but first of all, I think that digital art, you know, precedes art on the blockchain, you know? So I think for me, I started as a writer. So that's about 10 years ago. I was like 13 and, um, you know, writing was just my way of like telling stories and being able to kind of, I would say, um, say the things I couldn't quite say verbally. Like, so I've always been better, like via like text as well. So, you know, I was a writer and I think somewhere down the line about seven years ago, my laptop broke and my handwriting is very bad. So it meant that like without my laptop, I couldn't write, you know, technically, (laughs) because longhand was out of the question. So for me, um, I'm also, I get very anxious. like I need to be doing something all the time. If not, I feel like I'm going mad. And so I took leftover A4 papers Leftover pens in the house and I just started making things. as I was drawing these designs. And from there it just kind of, you know, took a shape on its own. My I showed my mom and she was like, oh wow, this is great. You know, it wasn't that great, but you know, mom's, you know. So it was <laughs> it was a very just cool moment. Because you know, with writing, before like someone can say, Oh wow, like before you can even see someone's reaction to your work, that's gonna take a while because it's long. But with artists, it's instantaneous, and I think that's the first time I'd seen someone react to my work live. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. So even when I got my laptop fixed, I fiddled around with like Adobe Illustrator. I'd seen some cool covers, so I was trying to like just bring that flair. And you know, just one thing going to another, I started like. So I had a mouse. I took. I stole my sister's mouse. Because I had no tablet, like there was no money to get a tablet. My parents weren't really into the whole arts thing that much because it's like, you know, can you study the chemical engineering we sent you to school for? So, you know, I was mainly just had to do with, I had to use what I had, basically. So I took my sister's mouse and I started to teach myself how to draw, like with the mouse on Photoshop. And, you know, it was, it's interesting because now, like years later, I'm like, that must have been so hard. But at the time, it was fun because I'm learning, like, this new skill. But it doesn't even feel like I'm learning a skill. This was like I'm having fun just playing around. And, um, you know, I feel like one thing led to another. I started sharing it on the internet, you know. And um, someone, a random artist comes and he says, "You look, like, I'll pay you, like, $35, like, to do my cover. And back then, I'm, thirty-five 16 $35. I'm Nigerian, like, to convert that in my currency. Like, that was cool money. I was like, wow, great. <laughs> I did the cover, got the money, and um, I bought, like, a graphics tablet. So and I feel like that pattern of, you know, getting my skills better, earning money and then reinvesting them back into my work and my craft, that just became, like, a pattern that I followed all through the years. And I think that's how I would say I go into art, you know, digital art, you know, just really experimenting and connecting with people online. And that led to, of course, like, some viral moments where it's, like, millions of people are seeing the work and it's like yo this is crazy um with art on the blockchain like tokenized art nfts and such and such um that happened like late in 2020 um a friend of mine mango dogwood who was working with a company at the time he's like yo like you know your work would be really cool on like you know nfts i'm like nfts like i don't know like uh, crypto Uh, like because nigerians have like a bad relationship with like money and tech you know, so it was like, eh, I don't know about this, but <laughs> like, I've, I've seen this, I've seen this play out before. Like, I know what this is about, but he's like, no, 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 no. Like, duh, 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 duh. And, you know, I took some time. out. I was learning. I learned about Super Rare, learned about Nifty. And I was like, okay. So I remember I applied to Super Rare. I got in and I just started experimenting with like minting work because at the time it was so really early. Like there wasn't much happening in terms of what you were meant to do, what you weren't meant to do which was fun because, like, I was just vibing. I feel like from then it just kind of became this thing of just experimenting more, doing drops, and being able to connect with people in a way that I never could have adjust the internet. And that was about, mm. about a new form of opportunities that really just changed my life. So I think that's definitely been the story so far, like a very abridged version.
1: So, I mean, I like that. Do you think the big difference between sort of digital art or artists that sort of produce work and place it on platforms like Instagram um, and shifting to something like, you know, using a Nifty or a Super A on kind of minting your own work, do you think it's a, a big difference? Like, talk about your sort of experience about transitioning from one
0: to the other. Yeah, I mean, I think with social media... It did take me a while to realize that okay, yeah, like millions of people can like see your work or share it, but really the person that wins is the platform. You know, because you don't mm-hmm. earn any money from that. And really the algorithm is boosting you, the algorithm is benefiting from that. So it always been a kind of weird relationship because it's like, you know, as an artist, you still need to earn, you still need to support yourself, support your family. And whereas the difference was with Super, I remember after like a year of being an artist, they like, um, they had shared tokens to everyone. And I was like, this is crazy. Like Twitter has never knocked on my door and said, Hi, like thank you for supporting our platform. Here is your share of the money. Like, you know, <laughs> so you know, it felt more collaborative, I would say. That was definitely one thing. Like it felt more collaborative. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was less of a product and I was part of the I was part of what was being built.
1: That's super interesting. Um,
0: you know. And I guess one of the
1: things that we enjoy about building brands in this space is is how collaborative people are. It seems to be a little bit less uh, sort of you versus, you know, me versus you and a little bit more, how do we do this together? There's an opportunity for everyone um, kind of space. Yeah. How have, you, how have you, you seen that play out in your sort of the community that you've built?
0: Yeah, I feel like you know, prior to the NFT, because one thing about NFTs as well, because it's on the blockchain is visible to everybody. Mm. So prior to that, especially in like the Nigerian creator sphere, nobody was nobody knew how much anybody else was making, which was a huge problem because if you don't know, that means whoever is dishing out the money can manipulate the whole market by like lowballing everybody, <laughs> you know. So. I feel like the energy situation, it kind of, I would say, pushed us into having conversations like that because we're like, oh, wait, how much did you get for that job? And it's like, whoa, 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 no, no, you need to charge higher. And it's like, oh, how much is that? And then for the first time, everybody was, like, talking about these things that were normally Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. But now it's like, no, actually, like, this is where it should be. Even now, sometimes if I'm doing, like, a job, I call, like, you know, my art friends, I'm like, yo, like, this is what they offer. And they're like, "Mm, no, 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 you can go higher. Like, you know... And then, because again, like, that community had never been there. It had always just been everybody separated in their own little, like, boxes. Mm. But now it felt like just with the rise of this new form of distributing media, there was more of a tighter bond.
1: Yeah, I I guess it is interesting because you 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 sort of working in the same space as everyone. Um, And I, I guess coming back to the platforms, on Instagram, you are literally competing for somebody else's attention. So they're either looking at your work or they're looking, for, looking at someone else's work, and, and that's where the, the sort of pieces come. Now, now you, you shared with me earlier that you're about to launch a, a new um, exhibition. Can you talk a bit about your sort of exhibition and what you're putting together um,
0: for, for, oh, yeah. for the world? Great. Great. So, I mean, I can't see the title now just because of what the title is, but I mean... Right now, for me, as a young person, as a Nigerian, you know, if you've seen the news, my country is going through like a crazy just situation i see. And for us in this generation, it's like, you know, our parents have been used to this. But for us, this is the first time we're seeing kind of this level of corruption, this level of maiming, this level of, you know, killings on this scale. And it's, it does something to you, I feel. And I feel like for me with the exhibition, it's being able to A, use this to process what it is that we've been through, but B, also to kind of set the tones for what I believe is a possible future. Because at the end of the day, you know, for us, this is our home. This is the only home, you know, we've ever known. And, you know, like for me personally, like, I can't deal with colder climates. Like London is nice, like uh, great. But uh, the weather is not fun like most of the year. And that's Mm. like the same thing with most countries where I don't know how you guys do it. Honestly, like it's crazy to me. Winter does not make like sense in my head. Like it's just crazy. So, you know, it's like for us, this is it. This is like ground zero. And I feel like there's so much that can be done. So it's it's kind of a story of, I would say, processing and also hope, you know, at the end of the day. So yeah, it's definitely like that. I'm interested,
1: and you know, I asked you if you were doing kind of digital work or physical work, and you you started sharing like what are your theories around digital and physical? Because the sort of number one pushback we seem to get when we talk about digital assets and people are like, are oh, digital's not real or digital, you know, like that doesn't exist. It's not tangible. It's not, can you, can you share a little bit about how you think about
0: that? Yeah. So the way I look at it is that, I mean, when I think of digital and when I think of physical, like I'm not really thinking of two separate things. I'm just thinking of two ways of experiencing something, you know, because at the end of the day, like digital, I don't think is meant to replace physical. Mm-hmm. And a good thing that illustrates that is VR. So VR is great. Like, you're able to see this cool world in, like, you know, this great technology. The problem with VR, however, is that we are human beings at the end of the day. Our bodies are physical. Our bodies need to, like, touch and a few things. So if you're locked in a room and, like, you're just here, you're taking all your meetings and, like, you know, you're taking your walks via this virtual reality, it's uncomfortable. Your body rejects that naturally because... Our bodies aren't built for that. They didn't evolve for a digital environment. They evolved for just the environment around them. Now, I feel like, again, with technology like AR, for instance, or even mixed reality, you have a very good balance in terms of being able to use tech and also be able to interact with the environment around you. Mm-hmm. Then you enter like, with digital and physical art. Because for me, I feel like with digital art, what's interesting I'm realizing is that a lot of people are still not sure of what digital art even is. They're not sure how it's made. they not. They don't understand. Like sometimes I show people. That I'm like, look, I just have an iPad, like on my Cintiq right here, and I just draw and paint. And they're like, oh, this makes sense. So I do feel like with the general public, a lot of work needs to be done to bridge that understanding and let people understand that look like, yeah, this is digital art, but then it's not very different from the process that you're used to. And for me, it's like the way we've always done is that I really, really believe in like mixed reality and having those experiences be one. And so let's say if I make like a digital sculpture, for me, a goal is, okay, how can I represent this physically? And also digitally as well. How can we have an experience that can be unified in a sense? Because at the end of the day, like, you know, a sculpture is cool on your screen, but one that's in front of you that you can feel and touch and move around is almost even better. And the mm. same thing with paintings, where like a lot of people want to have that tactile feel. So being able to get that digitally and being able to represent it physically as well, I feel like that line is the one I'm crossing in terms of joining these two worlds together. You know, So in my head, it's like, yeah, I see this, but I really do think that these things are meant to coincide as opposed to be apart.
1: Mm. I mean, I find it interesting because a lot of your, your work is... At least your newer stuff is very sculptural. Yeah, you know, it feels it feels like a a real sculpture. But obviously, living in a a kind of digital world, is that are you trying to sort of move into that physical space?
0: Or you have using physical sculptures? Stuff? Yeah, we've done like so, so. So the sculptures are also real, you know. Uh, and we sold like a couple to a UK producer, g Five, and that's the crazy thing. It's like the world is so advanced now that you can go from physical to digital and digital to physical. And Mm -hmm. again, like, it's like, I feel like those opportunities should be maximized to create that experience. So, I mean, maybe after I'll send you pictures of the actual sculptures, you know, and it's just really, really cool to me. I feel like that is what excites me the most about how just fluid the world is. Like, I don't think anything is this or that. It's just all one experience that you can, like, view through different lenses. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, for me, I feel, for digital, it's like, I'm trying to make it as physical as possible to give you that feel. With physical, I'm trying to, like, bring you this crazy world that makes you think, how the hell did this happen? You know, so it's really just that experience that makes me very happy. Mm. And I, I find it interesting because, you you know, your work's
1: also very... It's it's not from, a, like, a brand visual style. It doesn't fit into the, the general feel of the kind of nft world which is very retro purple blue uh, oh, game yeah. styled uh, it's it's very different like was that a deliberate style like you know why why did you produce that that work i mean your famous one what's he he called i think it's red man um, yeah you know it's mean, it's sort of super it's 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 like a oil painting, it's got nothing to do with the the kind of metaverse or (laughs) NFTs or any of these kind of things. It's like something completely different.
0: I think for me, you know, I was inspired by traditional artists. I was inspired by digital artists. I've been inspired by so many like sources and art and like just energy. And I feel like for me, it was a thing of, you know, even when I was minting NFTs, it's like, this is still how I make work. You know, if I change my style and I become something else, then, you know, I've lost everything because while there's the NFT side, I'm also an artist as a Nigerian, you know, not many people have seen an artist come to these like heights. And so I owe Mm. it to my people as well to be able to, I would say, represent us as best as I can. So that means doing that honestly, doing that truthfully. So, yeah, I think that's the thing about the Star where it's like, you know, for me, it's like that's really how I learned and that's what resonates with me the most. Mm. And it's interesting. Does that come back to your storytelling
1: heritage, you know, like writing these stories and yeah. sharing these kind of stories? Because the, there is a lot of emotion captured in that work, and I think it's sort of connected with people quite quite deeply.
0: Yeah, it has, and it's crazy. Like um, wherever I'm going in Lagos, in London, in Abuja, in Ghana, it's like there's always someone that's like, "Oh yeah, you made the but I'm like, "Oh, like this is crazy!" Like, thank you. You know. So I think um, having something that resonates, especially with my people, like it really, really is important to me.
1: Mm. Why do you think so much digital art is is doing well? Like, there's so many digital artists doing well in. The traditional centers, you know. So, you know, one of the things that excites us about blockchain and Web three is that it's it's a different take on things. Um, but if I look at the artists that are being successful, they often sit in the same places. They sit in New York. They sit in Miami. They sit in LA. They sit in London. Why do you think it is that that digital artists or African artists haven't sort of achieved the same? You know, as many artists have have achieved the same sort of level of success. Um, you know, in in, as, in the middle.
0: So mm. why don't why haven't digital artists achieved that level of success? Uh, why do Why do you think it's not happened in Africa? Why do you think so
1: many like why aren't there aren't more African digital artists sort of contributing in the space?
0: Yeah, I mean, so there's many things that contribute to that. And um, the first of which is like the same basic thing with financial structures, for instance. So let's say you wanted to send someone like $10. Like it's a fairly basic thing. Like via PayPal even. Let's just use PayPal as an example. Mm -hmm. Now, if as a Nigerian, if I create a PayPal account, I can send you as many dollars as I want to. But you can't send me back even a dollar mm. because you know the way the structures have been built, they've built it with Africa as kind of like this vague place that kind of exists, but we don't want too much to do with. So like you know, like it, the tech just hasn't been worth it enough for people to come and develop when they've mm. been developing like these companies. So with that example in mind, you find like a lot of platforms like let's say you know Super and if all the big ones. When it comes to curating African art or onboarding African artists, a lot of them don't look like me. So a lot of the arts that they understand, a lot of the things that they understand as art is very different. Mm. You know, my work I would say enters a middle ground because a lot of my work was I was trained with a lot of Western art and Western artists. So like mm. it's easier, it's like uh, it's easier to digest to like you know Western like curators or Western people, but a lot of people make different kinds of work that it's very confusing to their eyes so because of that you have less African artists automatically on those platforms and because you have less African artists on those platforms you inversely also have less African collectors so it then becomes a market that I would say favours a certain type of art and a certain type of person and when you have issues like that that propagate and get bigger it becomes like this very macro thing and you find out that the whole space is distributed in that way where now there are a lot of great talented African artists, you know, even in Web3. But then the opportunities given by these platforms, the same was that they, they give opportunities to different people from their side, but those same mm. opportunities, those same platforms, those same um, I would say, level of uh, exposure is just not given to the artists here. So it is a very like big problem that I feel like is, you know, adjacent to institutional where it's like it's something that is being done, almost not even intentionally, interestingly mm. enough, you know. And I feel like it's just something that more, as we go on, I'm hoping that more and more people are able to understand that look, there's a whole world here, you know, that isn't being tapped into. And that is something that we've tried to do with our own galleries, our own drops, like bringing new artists in. And everybody's like, wow, like they love their work because the work is good at the end of the mm. day. So it's it's definitely, I think that's like, My long answer of why, like, you don't see as many African digital artists as you should because, you know, it's an institutional issue. So you find that even in the traditional art world, a similar issue does prevail. But even then, I feel like the traditional art world is a lot better than the Web3 space. You know, the traditional Mm. art world has seen a huge influx of great African artists, you know, Kende Wiley, um, Aja, Akimuli Crosby, El Natsui, you know, these are great people that like have their work and sold for millions. So I feel like the Web3 space is going to need to take, t- it's going it's to take a bit of time basically to mm. catch up.
1: I think it's also, I guess, um, you know, you talk about how you are starting to try and create those opportunities for people and how you yeah. are doing it. So I think maybe also a decentralized uh, solve to this would be, be uh, an interesting one. I mean, how do you, you mentioned like right in the beginning of the interview about how you sort of connected with people when you started selling nFTs versus just producing things digitally, like how do you how do you go like how do you think about those connections like what do you think is different here than in the the sort of traditional space?
0: The fact that we can go directly, and the fact that me and you both made the active choices—I made the active choice to mint, you made the active choice to collect—without like anybody whispering in your ear, or, like this gallery or curator—and that's a very important thing. Where it's like me and you can speak on that personal level, straight, you know, as opposed to there being so many middlemen. And mm. I feel like for me, that's really like the core of it. Where it's like everybody does their own thing, everybody does their own legwork to kind of get the results that they want. Um, yeah, I feel like that to me is the deciding factor. The fact that people decide and then, you know, if both parties are winning. close connections are made and you know, a lot of the time, you're just talking about arts, like families, like how different the world is, you know, on my side, on their side. Like, I had a meeting recently and Mm -hmm. um, a person who lives in Florida and he was telling me about, uh, they have fire season and I said, huh? So, in, in Nigeria, like, we don't have a lot of, like, natural disasters. So, like, Fire season, hail. I was like, "Yo, what's going on? Like, what are you guys? How is this happening? Like, you know." So apparently, the air gets so dry that the leaves rub together, and it just creates these huge wildfires. And I'm like, "Wow, I didn't, I did not know that." So it's very always it's always very interesting to like, you know, hear and see the world from someone else's perspective. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I guess I mean it's fascinating that you can kind of connect directly to to people. Have you you had direct conversations with your collectors? Have you actually spoken and met people and and engaged with
0: them? Yeah, unfortunately I haven't been able to meet many, like um, the Nigerian collectors, definitely. Um, Mm. But right now, because geographic, another thing, so African artists are also geographically displaced. You know, Mm. a lot of real life connections that could be made are mostly in America or the UK. Mm. But then, you know, a lot of African artists are like grounded here. And to get visas to this place is long. It's very, very hard. Like I even just finally got mine and it took so fucking long. You know, so it's it's a hassle. It's a definite hassle to like get around. But I'm looking forward to seeing them hopefully like towards end of this year, like meeting a couple around the US and the UK.
1: Mm. So have you been working straight out of Nigeria the whole time or
0: So, I mean, uh, mostly. It's been divided between here, London, Ghana, because half of my family is in London. So, you know, it's just been around these places. I'm just like moving around, meeting people, and kind of coming out again.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's... I'm trying to think about the the what are the trends like where are we heading in terms of all of this, you know? And I think for me it comes a little bit back to that thing you were talking about earlier about how the digital and the physical it's like interchanging. I, I feel like yeah. Web three is starting to evolve in a way that it's starting to collapse into existing technology. So I think things like get-togethers and meetups and galleries and events and physical products are starting to become more ubiquitous, but there's this extra layer that's been kind of added on top of everything, this ownership layer that's been created that we can now sort of connect to people in a new way, and like you say, people can make an active decision to buy in, an active decision to participate, um, and then yeah. it becomes a difference, a different conversation. Um, you know, when you want to show up, I've been to quite a few sort of NFT events, and it's always interesting to go and meet the people of these products that you've been buying. There's like a a, a lunch or a some you know something that you kind of get to go and attend. And it feels weirdly more special or more interesting because you've kind of participated so long, um, which which uh, I guess is a, a new piece to this puzzle.
0: No, for sure. I mean, you know, what's crazy is that, and again, I feel like it's a good and bad thing, where it's like, you know, in the beginning, it was about ownership. It was about royalties, about artists finally being respected and valued. And then like... Uh, well, couple years, ago, it's like, oh yeah, royalties, uh, we're not sure, you know, and it's like a lot of those things, it does remind you that, okay, there is still like a real world that this space also coincides with and moves with, because at the end of the day, like businesses need to make money. If a lot of your money isn't going towards like um, funding yourself and making sure that the lights are on, you're going to have an issue and right? you're going to need to like maybe grab onto wherever you can. And if it happens to be artist royalties, then oh no. You know, so it was a crazy shift to like realize, okay, like, do I have three spaces there, but as well as also merging with every other thing that's come before to create this, I would say new, but also familiar structure, which again, Mm. like, is bad because it's like, okay, here we are in like square one, but it's kind of like square 1.5, which, you you know, it's like, it's not great, but it's a bit better than before. So you know, we take our wins because as an African artist, it's like you know, this is just like Monday again. You know, just hearing the mm. same things, and like having to fight for that same recognition, having to fight for that same um, space. So mm. yeah.
1: So where do you where do you see all of this going? Where do you where do you see you know, we've kind of been through the hype. We've been through, you know, if, if you just said the word NFT, people would buy it. Um, people were just minting anything, and now it's sort of no money actually, down. Like, like,
0: I need you to take my $2 million, please. Like, just take it. You're like, bro, like, like no, take it. <laughs> it was a crazy time. I mean, with with the rise of AI now, I feel like it's hard for anybody to even tell what the next three months are going to look like, much mm. less year or like three I feel like definitely the technology is going to become more, you know, elaborate, more advanced, more intuitive. And I do think that um, the space really, you know, is going to evolve as much as the people inside they want it to evolve as well. Because at the end of the day, it's like, if you have a very close circuit of the same artists, the same buyers, there's going to be a lethargy, you know. So in fact, one of the reasons there's, I would say the space didn't evolve as much as it should have been is because as opposed to like bringing in more people from different spaces and accepting those forms of art, it became like a closed loop. And like mm-hmm. everybody gets bored and tired of it at the same time, because it's like the money is just going this way and that way and this way and that way. And there's nothing new being like formed or planted to be grown. So I would say that for me, it's, I'm interested in how it plays out as well. I think that AI is going to become more advanced. I also feel like a lot of people are going to find new ways to like distribute their work because really that's what all of this has been about, with new, finding new ways to do old things. Um, and yeah, I think those are the things I'm looking forward to in terms of just where I think everything is going into. I feel like there's going to be more and more confluences between digital and physical in terms of like mm-hmm. AR and mixed reality. I really, really feel like that's where the world is going in terms of... because. Anything else just doesn't feel right, just as a person. So you know, I am looking forward to all of that.
1: And I like that finding new ways to do old things. Uh, I
0: think yeah. it's a great description
1: of what's what's going on here. It's not it's not very different to what we've been doing for a long time. It's just uh, the, yeah. the format or the, the delivery is very different. Yeah. So, so let me ask you. You know, you, you sort of. Working in the space, creating these visual narratives, these visual languages, and we're seeing lots of companies and brands start to sort of stray into the space. What do you think those companies need to know or think about when they start to to play in Web three, um, you know, and start speaking to these people?
0: Yeah, I feel the main thing is really. I feel like having, understanding as a community thing, like, you know, your money isn't going to help you. Like in the long run, it's like, it may generate some buzz, but like you really need to connect with the people because Mm -hmm. these are people that just came from doing brand work, from interacting with people like in that space, you know, with the brands, the agencies and all that. And it's just kind of getting old, you know? So I would say that I feel like the first thing is just connecting like properly, like understanding, speaking to people, Trying to Mm. find out where those pain points are and like elevating that and seeing how you can help and fit in. I think from then you can start thinking about what you're going to give, what you're going to like um, rather sell. But I feel like the Mm. first thing should always be connecting with the people and understanding why it is that people are here like making stuff as opposed to piling for your agencies, you know, because that is the pattern that just used to be, you know, they hire the agencies, the agency hire the artists and everybody just like flings everybody away like after the job is done. So yeah, I would say that connection and like empathy are definitely like the two things that are key.
1: That's super. I mean, how do you how do you pull connection and empathy into your work? Like how do you manage the people who, who are sitting in
0: your community? Yeah, I feel like for me it's again having those honest conversations, everybody being able to speak and connect and talk. Right now I just did this cover for a musician in Abuja, that's a different state. And like there's a video they just shared with me of like everybody kind of seeing the art for the first time and they're all going crazy and I'm like oh this is this is what it's about because at the end of the day social media desensitizes us sometimes and for me a huge lesson I always take away is that you only ever need like a couple people that just like your stuff and then you're there you know because really what more do you need like at the end of the day it's like money will come and it to go like fame will come and it to go. But if you just have that core of people that really, really, really like your work, like that's really all that matters. Like everything else is fluff.
1: Mm. I like that. So you just need that small core group of people. Yeah. So, Anthony, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, one more question. Um, what is the thing that excites you most about? All this, you know, you've, you've been there through the the boom. You've been there through the bust. You've been there through whatever this period is we're living in now. Like, what is the thing that you think is the most exciting, the most interesting, the most energizing thing that's happening in Web three right now?
0: Honestly, I mean, I'll be real. Not much. Like, you know, not much has excited me apart from one thing, which I would say has just been the same thing from the beginning, even from when I started drawing all these years ago. It's really just about the people making cool stuff because the money is cool, I guess, but then it gets boring. The boom was cool, but then it's like a lot of these days. whether it's the boom, the fame, the money, all of it just got very boring because like, that's, at the end of the day, it's not really what I came for. It was mostly because I like making cool things. I like sharing the cool mm. things I made. And that's really, I think, For me, the most exciting things, the things that excite me the most right now is just the next thing I'm going to make, man, the next thing I'm going to create and share and have that experience with people. I think outside of that, nothing much really moves me. Like you said, after seeing it go up and down, like up a little bit and down, it's like, it's like cool, like, you know, do that. Like, I'm just going to do what it is like my mind is like created for. And I think Mm. that definitely is it. Like, for me, it's really just the work and having the opportunity because I was telling someone sometime one time I said you know what cool like maybe some work doesn't sell you know maybe you know that job doesn't go well you know maybe that didn't get as many retweets. but as a person you've been blessed with this opportunity to share your work even just online and have the opportunity for it to be seen by tens of people by hundreds of people by thousands and you know by millions and it's like that's insane just a hundred years ago if you wanted your work to be seen by thousands of people from the comfort of your home like how would you have done that like Mm. as a nigerian added on top of that like you'd have had to you know have some rich sponsor from a rich family and then connect probably a gallery in london like it would have been hard but now Mm. just as we're talking i can just post something and that's the end like we live in this miracle time that i feel gets lost sometimes with all the you know algorithms and stuff it's like that is it like just being able to share it is like magic already you know everything else is like a bonus you know so I think that's kind of how I'm thinking about things right now
1: I love that and also think there's some some sort of lessons for for everyone even people who are sort of building companies out there that, that the opportunities are there I mean I'm sitting in Johannesburg in South Africa you're sitting in Lagos in Nigeria, and we're having a conversation, you know, and that never would have happened.
0: Yeah, it's magic. Like, and I feel again, I feel like with our daily lives, we all get so busy and all that, but that we forget that, like, we're living in this crazy future that people 10 years ago would not have imagined, Mm. you know. So, it's definitely very crazy. I think that's a, a great
1: note to to end the episode on. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your work with us. And Shanky, you, thank you so much for sort of championing uh, a little a little piece of the internet for, for African creatives uh, everywhere. So thank you so much no, for, so for, for your energy. Thank you
0: so much for having me and of course being patient with all the movements, man. Thank you very much.
1: Rad. Right. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We believe sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who's building a brand or need some inspiration for their brand, please share this with them. This is our fourth season and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first to know when a new episode is released even better leave a review and tell the world how much you enjoyed listening one more question is brought to you by the people of nice work we're on a mission to build purposeful web3 brands that people care about we're based in south africa and serve the leaders of brave companies around the world If you'd like to know more, work with us or make a suggestion, please reach out at www.nicework.co.za. Bye-bye.